Hello and welcome to this episode of Chats Over Coffee with My Yoga Teacher, the podcast where the comedian Peter Brush, hello, speaks to his yoga teacher, Kayla, who also has a surname. <laughs> anyway, I mean, that's pretty much a description of what the show is. So thank you for downloading and, and I hope you enjoy it. Here it is. Do you know who Mitch Hedberg is? No. He's an American comedian. He died about, you know, probably over 10 years ago now. He's quite young and mm. died. He's, he was a drug overdose. But he's yeah. like a one-liner type. Okay, I don't really like that phrase, but he just wrote jokes. Like, well, there's one which is, um, I don't have a girlfriend, but I do know someone who would be really mad if she heard me say that. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. That's good. That's a good joke. But his, his joke about what being a comedian is it's my favourite lines about writing comedy which is um, my job is to think of funny things and write them down or if a pen is too far away I have to convince myself that what I thought of is not funny <laughs> I like that oh, that's, that's good, good. Yeah. I wish I was in the dark because I realise I haven't shaved for two days, so look. Oh, that's okay. So you've got my pubescent sort of tufts on my... Have you ever tried to grow a beard? Have you tried to leave it before? Every time I do that, it, it's, uh, it just looks utterly ridiculous. So <laughs> I don't know if this is scientifically accurate or not. I, I think you can't grow bald until you can grow a full beard first. Is that right? You can't go bald until you can grow a full beard. Yeah, is that right? <laughs> I just always assumed that to be the case. Honestly, I've never heard that before, so can't comment. <laughs> You're not a doctor, I guess. I'm not a doctor. Because <laughs> that's the trade-off, isn't it? Because a lot of people that go bald grow beards, don't they? It's like it swaps. Yeah, exactly, yeah. <laughs> if, if you went bald without being able to grow a beard, I mean, nature would be mm. being very cruel because they will allow you some sort of hair to, to deal with. Cruel nature. <laughs> yeah, well, nature is cruel, yeah. Nature's not um, the naturalistic fallacy, isn't it? Mm. Nature's not necessarily good because it's natural. Take all the poisonous mushrooms. <laughs> yeah, well, well, well all the well, nature's brutal. Yeah, yeah. Oh, I was reading about... So the story how we got onto it is irrelevant. But basically, we were talking about caterpillars. And mm. Andrew joked that if I was going to be a caterpillar, I'd be like the most deadly caterpillar. So then I was like, oh, what's the most deadly caterpillar? So then I was looking it up online, and obviously you have your top five in America, but I think for the most part, the most deadly one seems to be in the Amazon rainforest, which is not a surprise. It's either going to be the Amazon or it's going to be Australia, right? Yeah, so it is the Amazon. <laughs> so it's said that these caterpillars tend to be in groups. So I'm assuming that means there's just a few of them on trunks of trees. And the reason why they're so deadly is just they blend really well. You can't see them. Even when you're looking for them, it makes them really, they're really hard to find. And all you have to do is brush them. And it, it puts a poison into your, into your body, obviously, into your blood. And you can go into like a cardio arrest and stuff. So it like affects your heart rate and stuff. And then it said, like, if you touch one, it's likely you'll survive, but obviously it's a really bad experience. But if you touch more than one, it's likely you'll die. But they, because they live in groups, it said it is almost always the case that you touch more than one. So, like, if you're going to brush one, you're going to brush three. It's like, oh, my God, it's like yeah. caterpillars. So you can be walking through the Amazon, and then one day you die. It's like, oh, my neck. Yeah, I'm glad they're burning it. <laughs> oh there you go yeah that's yeah. why we're getting rid of that's it that's why Bolsonaro is doing it save us from the caterpillars so. he doesn't want to say it because he doesn't want to come across as a big baby but exactly. he's actually terrified of his caterpillars yeah it wouldn't be on brand would it but yeah that's um, 
That's that'd be why horrible place. All the snakes and stuff. <laughs> and those fish that climb up your ure- you know. Well, oh, those things. Yeah, that. they're not. I don't know if they're actually called the penis fish or something, but you know, <laughs> you know, they're the not ones. fish though, are they? They're just bacteria, right? No, I think. It's or are like they a, actually? Isn't there like some oh. tiny little fish that? Oops. Is it considered a fish? I don't know. I know I know what you're talking about, but I wasn't sure if it was a fish or just like a a water thing. Like a plank zoo, zooplankton or zooplankton or whatever, you know, the little just little fishy mm. things, but they're they're not fish, are they? They're just water creatures. Mm. I don't well, know. Anyway, they're horrible. <laughs> why you shouldn't we in the in the in the river because uh... That's horrible. <laughs> they, well, they swim up it, don't they? That's the, yeah. 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 Everyone knows this, don't they? Because I think it must yeah. be the thing you find it out at school. I think everyone's sort of like, "Oh, have you heard about that?" It's fish? in films. Mm. I'm sure I saw it in a film as well. Some joking film was like, "Oh, someone's going to take a, a piss," and they were like, "Don't do that." <laughs> Some like kind of comedy jungle show kind of movie thing. What Howard and Kumar visit the Amazon or something? Like that, <laughs> Well, I don't think so, but not that jokey. <laughs> there you go, off topic. Yeah, well, what is on the starter topic, so it's not off topic yet, really, is it? <laughs> All right, there you go. <laughs> Can't be off topic if we don't have a topic. <laughs> I got some feedback, by the way, from the woman I live with about the, po- about the <laughs> podcast. She says, oh, yeah, yeah. She wasn't telling me directly off this, but she's saying... That I have to be a bit careful about talking over you occasionally because oh. I think she's sticking up for the sisterhood here because obviously you know it's a thing, isn't it? Men talking over women is a very common. Is it? You not noticed think... that as a woman, you've not been talked over by men like constantly. Mm, I'm American, so if I want, if I have to say something, I'm going to say it. Oh, okay, well. <laughs> Maybe that's just me. I'd say that was a personality trait. Oh, I thought I edited out all the bits where I interrupt, but uh, evidently some stayed in. (laughs) It just sort of reminds me of, you know, like how we're um, primates and stuff, aren't we? Speak for yourself. Oh, (laughs) obviously I forgot that you elevated to some other level of (laughs) organism or whatever. So, (laughs) well... Mere primates such as myself, <laughs> I notice that uh, because we have structural hierarchies, don't we, in social groups as primates. So, like the whole alpha thing, and like the when I notice that happening most will be if I'm in a green room full of other acts, and the dynamic will shift completely once a different act walks into the into the green room because if they're like an established alpha alpha males type act mm. then everyone sort of slightly becomes sort of slightly more deferential or at least quiet in front of them occasionally and so i do notice that sort of thing happening in my uh in my line of work yeah. so i worry from the perspective of not coming out of my head whether people are experiencing the same sort of dynamics when i am in or leave a room does that mean there are occasions where I am the dominant person in the room? And so if I was watching, I'd be thinking, oh, he's lording it over him and he being a, <laughs> you know. But, but then it changes when someone else more senior to me maybe walks in. And, and so, yeah. so I, I worry that I'm sort of also the thing I, no, I'm not saying also the thing I hate, but. Well, I would say 
that that is I mean obviously in that specific scenario then yeah that would that would be highly influenced by like the person like how good their career is and what, who they are and stuff like that but it could also be related to just personality type yeah yeah as well, well. So, like, even if it's just normal people grouping up into normal rooms, you will always have, like, you know, someone who's quite extroverted, someone, maybe someone who has a bit of a leadership skill, or maybe someone who, you know, kind of takes on that role quite easily. Because, you know, like, you always see, you see things where, like, in, you know, when, when shit hits the fan, when there's a problem, when there's an issue, it might not be the person you think is going to jump up who actually jumps up and takes the lead, you know. Mm. It could be someone who's normally quite quiet, but in a bad situation, they're they can handle themselves. So, like, depending on what's going on and personality types, I think we naturally either allow someone to, you know, like if you were in an emergency situation, someone stood up and said, I'm a I'm a first aider, you know, I can help. And then someone else stood up and said, I'm a doctor. Well, they wouldn't even try. They'd just step back and just let you do it. Well, it depends how egotistic like, well, they really are. I mean, <laughs> I know, right? <laughs> well, assuming, assuming we're going on skill base and not uh, ego. <laughs> People don't always trust you know, doctors, this... do they? I mean, no. <laughs> <laughs> but I just mean like, you know, there's that kind yeah, of yeah. like natural stepping process where you think like, well, you know, this person either has the knowledge or can handle themselves or they're just confident. And it depends on what the scenario is and how serious it is and, you know, maybe how tired you are. Even if mm. you're quite a confident person, if you're blooming tired, you're just going to be like, I don't know, bother. Yeah. <laughs> I'm surprised you understand all that, not being a primate yourself. Like. <laughs> but that sort of feeds into, like, why people choose to follow one individual rather than the reading of it would be, I suppose, that, you know, in tribes and stuff, if we've evolved from primates where you watch monkeys and there's, like, a dominant alpha monkey. As I was reading stuff about it. They don't always, like, enforce by... It's not always the strongest monkey necessarily that's on top they like play these little political games i don't know yeah. quite how that works with bananas <laughs> opening them the wrong way around and stuff yep mm-hmm. <laughs> so if we've evolved from that which you know yeah so naturally we seem to want someone to lead i think yeah so we're happy to delegate that to someone that's more powerful or charismatic person yeah in the group and so are you wondering about, like, why why do we follow one person instead of, like, three? You know what I mean? Like, three people in agreement? Or are you kind of going down just just the fact, why do we follow anyone and not just do our own thing? Well, as interesting when you say you follow one person rather than three. Yeah, you do. Mm. You probably, we're probably more inclined to follow one person than a politburo. Yeah. That's why communism failed. Um <laughs> sometimes when I read stuff like that and I think oh well that obviously makes sense in the way that oh, we have social hierarchies and dynamics when we're in mm. you know like when I'm in a green room or when you're in a room with a load of other people Yeah, I sometimes feel like those traits of like, leadership and inverted commas and stuff are often still harking back to like old like Alexander the Great type traits or something isn't it? If it's a very mm. it's a very masculine thing so I sort of feel like when men are like dominating conversations and stuff and like mansplaining all the time it's probably because <laughs> of that sort of i'm sure there's a social aspect to it but i think the reason why things sometimes become social aspects is because there's like a biological thing that feeds yeah. why something becomes a, no- a social norm in the first place i think yeah i agree but you don't think men talk over you all the time though no i don't no. really think i have that problem okay because i tend to push in anyway good for you <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. I just think like um, I don't really tend to identify that pattern. So like 
I would say that either people talk over me or people don't talk over me. I mm. wouldn't say it was always men. I, fi- I feel like maybe people are looking for patterns. You, you know, like you, it's not men maybe. that talk over women. It's annoying people that talk over people who are a little bit more quiet. <laughs> oh, yeah, I know lots of dominating <laughs> You know women. what I mean? Exactly. Like it has nothing to do with it. Oh, oh, in a sense, you could say maybe that it has nothing to do with whether you're a man or a woman. That's not to say you won't have gone through something. And I know that obviously... I'm talking to my limited experience of like a few states and the UK and just England mostly. And there could be problems with it. I mean, then there are problems in other places, obviously, with women's rights and things. Obviously, this is just my experience. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But I've never really noticed that there was ever a problem. You're only hanging around with guys who go to yoga classes, though. And they're, all, they're, all wusses, <laughs> they're all really nice. They? So. <laughs> no, they're nice. <laughs> I want to quickly ask you, uh, why? Oh no! Fuck that! Actually, just forget that. Just oh, okay. <laughs> no, no. All right. Well, why are you? So, why are you an evil caterpillar and not a nice caterpillar? Oh, because uh, me and Andrew were talking about stuff, and uh, we we always say I'm I'm evil. Uh, okay. <laughs> all right then. So when we no, when we joke about things, I'm always the more like you know on the edge, about to go crazy. I'm the venom in the two, you know, okay. like in the two groups, you know. You're the yin and or whatever. Yeah, yeah. the yang or whatever. Which which one's worse, the bad one, the yin? Well, they're just energy. So oh, okay. one's like aggressive, positive, upbeat, energetic, and one's sleepy, tired, resting, healing. So it's just, they, they that's why they have to be in balance. All right, so it's not Dr. Jekyll and Mr. Hyde then? No, of, no, not like that. <laughs> but I like that idea. Yin Yang, Dr. Jekyll, Mr. Hyde, you know. <laughs> yeah, that's what the problem is, is Dr. Jekyll just had his chakras all messed up, didn't he? Yeah, <laughs> it was. that was it. <laughs> he just needed a bit, yo, yeah. <laughs> I don't know, I wouldn't I wouldn't actually be a bad person. No, 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 I don't think you're a bad person. Or I would be, I suppose. Is that not how it works? What? I wouldn't be a bad person, or I would be one now. So I'm obviously not a real bad person, I just joke about it. <laughs> If that makes sense. <laughs> well, people are complicated anyway, so it's mm, not... Exactly. Who's good, yeah. who's bad? I mean, by bad, I mean, obviously, like, straight up bad, like, murdering and rampaging or something like that. <laughs> oh, rampaging. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Can't go down Morrison's all those rampages down the aisles, God. Uh... <laughs> right, so I had some homework. Yes. How did your homework go? Well, um, if we would like to remind people what my homework was it was that i was supposed to answer what yoga meant to me but you sort of phrase it as if it was it's almost like it gave me license to define what that meant and then to say what that meant to me so i thought about it Mm -hmm. and i decided i didn't really like the question (laughs) (laughs) i mean i did think about it so i've thought some stuff and and we'll Mm -hmm. say some stuff but i just um do you, you, I mean, I'm not asking you to answer, but do you have an answer for that question? Like if someone asked you that, you would be able to talk at length? Yeah. 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 Yeah, yeah. But to you, it's, is it to you, what would you, would you say it was like a way of life type thing or? Well, I want to hear your answer first, just in case mm, you copy okay. me. <laughs> I'm not going to copy, I'm definitely not copying you. Because <laughs> I was thinking like, like I wouldn't introduce myself to someone as a yogi. Do you know what I mean? Like, yeah. Yeah, that would be a bit weird anyway, so... <laughs> it would be weird, so it wouldn't be the first Unless thing you were wearing, like, some yeah. sort of monk robes or something, and you're like, oh, by the way, <laughs> and then maybe you could get away with saying it. 
I'd have to be someone that defines himself as a yogi to really, really. If I was calling myself that, I would say that that means that I'm a practitioner of all of the mm. philosophy and the exercises and all that sort of thing. But I don't know whether I just don't want to define myself in in terms of that. In the first, I don't like labeling myself anyway. Yeah, but I mean, I did say like, what is yoga? And what does yoga mean to you? Like, well, to me, I was sort of thinking that maybe it's a more of just a mechanical set of exercises in some way. Mm. It sounds very... Because I separate it from the meditation practice, which I also do, which I did mm. for longer. But even then, I wouldn't like to say that I practice mindfulness because I think that sounds awful. But mm. But even though that is actually an incredibly good description of what it actually is because it does then filter into the way that you like you're sort yeah. of changing the way you it's not changing the way you think it's changing the way you deal with thoughts mm. so that to me is more of kind of even though i wouldn't like to go around and say oh hello i'm a mindfulness practitioner like yeah, i'd say I that that's... you wouldn't you would never describe yourself by your hobbies anyway unless you taught it then you would, might say that you do something because you feel like that that's a big part of your life because you're teaching other people. But I would say that nobody really describes themselves by their hobbies unless someone says, what are your hobbies? You're not reading people's <laughs> Twitter biographies very often, are you? Oh, right. <laughs> so, <Yeah>. Sorry. <laughs> you list all of them. Vegetarian, vegan, eco-friendly. I thought you were going to say eco-friendly warrior then. <laughs> eco- yeah, an eco-friendly like, warrior. Yeah. A friendly warrior. Hmm. <laughs> Recycled armor or something. I don't know. <laughs> anyway, yeah. So I, I'm what I'm getting from you. Okay, I'll, yeah, just say something and then I'll react to the thing that you need to say. Okay, <laughs> so what I'm getting from you is that you would say that to you, yoga is is you you recognize that yoga is more than just the physical postures that we do in a cl- in your typical class. Mm. But that is for the most part the reason why you would come to class. The reason why you you're interested in yoga is the physical side of it. But you recognize that there's a lot more to that. Went through meditation and stuff like that, but in your ha- in your mind, you would tend to separate them as different things. Like you would have meditation, mindfulness, and yoga as all separate different things. But they're not. But they. But are, you know, they you recognize that they're slightly uh, connected. Yeah, yeah, and they, yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. The, dif- the definition of it would be like that. It is a wide. I don't know. I think it might be because I was raised as a Christian that I have very reluctance mm. to like completely just throw myself into um, something which I would almost feel like be a substitute for it in some ways. Yeah. Do you know what I mean there? Like, yeah. Because I quite like Christianity, but I don't like, mm. yeah, I'm not involved in it anymore. And I think if I did get involved in it anymore, I wouldn't want to be part of a church or anything, do you know? Yeah. Not that I'm planning that at the moment, but... <laughs> Because I could just, yeah, I could use it as a complete substitute if I wanted to, like, like, oh well, this this fulfills mm. all my spiritual needs, and it's got you know moral rules and stuff like that, and things to live by, and structures, and you know, meditation is almost like prayer. If you do it every day, it's kind of like uh, it probably fulfills the same sort of you know needs that you you know. I'm sure that you get the same sorts of things out yeah. of it, really. But there's a reluctance in me to. I like doing it, but at a distance in some ways. So I don't know if that's probably I don't know if that's a very good answer to the question or not really. But it's, no, I uh, think that is a really good answer. I, I think that's that's fine. I mean, I'm surprised. Uh, did you did you did you look it up at all? Did you did you no did you, no? Did you I just didn't. go in your head? No, because if I had looked it up, I would have nicked someone else's better phrased <laughs> arguments, wouldn't I? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so. 
<laughs> no, I'm just I'm just asking because um, obviously, like yoga does have a definition. Like it, it isn't it isn't just a made up word that they use to define this abstract concept. Yoga is about is is the word for union. So it is it is trying to bring into balance all of your aspects. So you could say like your mind, your body. And then you could, you know, maybe you would hear it described as like your senses and your body and your mind uh, or your breath and your body and your mind, <laughs> which is why you get the phrase like mind, body, spirit a lot with yoga, because uh, it's kind of like your mind as in like your mental mind, your very busy mind, your body, obviously, physical body, and then uh, your spirit being maybe who you are. So just your identity or your personality or, you know, whatever gives you consciousness. But in general, I think like, you know, yoga is about that, that union. So then from that, there are loads of paths and there are basically like three variations or three traditions of yoga. So three, three of them stem from Hindu Buddhism and is it Jain, Jainism? Jain, Jainism, is it? Yeah, Jainism. Maybe it. it's not I, said like that, but that's how it's I always looks. forget how you pronounce that, so I do apologize if that's actually wrong. I probably said wrong. it wrong. <laughs> exactly. So we apologize. But it's those three, they stem from those three kind of religions, which are obviously very, very old, much older than Christianity here. But the yoga aspect isn't a religion, and it's never been a religion. So it's always been they call it the spiritual aspect of those religions. So obviously, if it's not clear, a religion is where you worship something. So you you have a deity and you, and you pray to that deity and you worship that deity and, and that makes up a part of the practice. But yoga isn't about that. You know, yoga is about your mind training with the idea of kind of reaching perhaps a state of enlightenment or like deep-rooted peace. I always imagine, you know, some of the disciples after after Jesus died and they were in prison for like their whole lives but then they were oh, they wrote these lovely books and they're always so happy <laughs> i feel like they they maybe have reached some sort sort of state in their mind where they could find that deep rooted peace and happiness even though they were just in a prison which must have been horrendous obviously mm. you know so i feel like it's not really anything to do with with a specific religion per se but like I said, it's not to say that it, it doesn't feel like it because it's it's rooted in those old, maybe religions is a, is a, you know, that kind of thing. But the idea is that you're just trying to find a union between it all. So there are, I would say like, I think there are six major branches after those three. So those three are kind of like your real roots, you know, where it's come from. And then from that, yoga's branched off. And there's Raja Yoga, Yana Yoga, Bhakti Yoga, karma yoga, tantra yoga, and hatha yoga. And they all mean different things. And they're all like basically ways of trying to reach the goal of, of you know, maybe enlightenment, if you want to say that. But, you know, it, it, it just a happier life or a balanced life or whatever, you, whatever kind of phrases you like to use. And they're all different. So like, you know, I know bhakti yoga is, is about like, love and devotion and meditation. Raja yoga is all meditation. There's nothing physical in it at all. Uh, karma yoga is all physical. So it's all, this karma yoga stems from Buddhism. So it's all about acts of kindness. So where you could probably recognize the word karma from mm -hmm. that, karma, acts of kindness. So you're trying to build good karma, that kind of thing. So even though it's like different paths to the same goal, 
And I feel like what you're saying about religion is a very similar thing. Like you could, maybe you could jump headfirst into the more spiritualist side of yoga, but you're maybe hesitant because of like a Christianity background. But it doesn't matter because in the end, even Christianity, Buddhism, all these religions, they're supposed to have the, the same end goal, you know. They're just paths to the same point. Just to clarify, um, I, I do like Christianity, just but <laughs> I'm just like, you know, some of the archaic ideas and not so keen on but in general it's, it's right. I mean I mean yeah. I, I remember Leonard Cohen once saying he never found a religion he didn't like and I sort of feel I quite like a lot of them but it doesn't mean yeah. you doesn't mean you believe in them but like a lot of I don't know not many religions tell you to do to be a bad person do they mm, exactly <laughs> like, exactly so I feel like for me yoga just you know we've talked about the eight limbs the eight limbs is so far down all of those branches that you've mm. you know you've passed you know after your 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 raja and your tantra and your hatha and all of that then you get to the eight limbs and your eight limbs stem from your hatha yoga so it's like it's like a branch on a branch on a branch until you find something that you know you feel works works for you but you know when you get to these this old level of yoga it's so old that the texts are like reading the Old Testament. You know, it's it's very, very old and very heavy. I'm not saying you can't make some really good, you know, insights from it, like anybody who studies old texts would, you know. But that's why there's so much now, is because people have studied and then tried to pass on, you know, insights in a more modern way, even though Patanjali is obviously a few thousand years old or whatever. <laughs> it's still more... <laughs> more relevant or more recent than some of the oldest stuff which we might not even have text for properly anymore but i suppose like you say in the end there's the very physical aspect of yoga and then there's the very spiritual and i think a lot of people separate those out and tend to gear towards one side of that i suppose most people though like discovering it in a western context uh, probably can't help but view it in that way mm. can you mm -hmm. it's definitely mm -hmm. going to be a substitute Absolutely. or an accompaniment to the judeo-christian upbringing that you have isn't it because we're not yeah we weren't born in monasteries most of us in this country so you know yeah yeah the way i sort of feel about it is obviously not going to be special i'm not special i know i'm not special <laughs> well i mean i'm not saying you're not special but <laughs> i wasn't asking you to debate that i was i know i wasn't everybody's special uh, it's just <laughs> You don't have a very special definition of special if you think that. So <laughs> unique is not uh, unique is different to special. Oh, okay. And unique's Sorry. not necessarily a amazing thing, is it? Oh yeah, okay, fair You'd enough. You'd be uniquely fair average, enough. can't you? So. <laughs> <laughs> uniquely average. <laughs> oh dear. I wish I'd have looked it up now. I would have probably had a better answer now because I No, didn't... it's it's fine. I didn't really expect you to look it up. That wasn't really what I wanted. I just wanted you to, to say whatever you felt you know like if you came back and say well for me yoga is just all about movement and you know being healthy because like for me I, there's a lot of spiritual aspects to yoga but i really really tend to look at something spiritual like say you know the yin side of traditional chinese medicine you know yin yoga really taps into traditional chinese medicine and stuff like that and your your nadis and your your prana and in your say like your pathways for your chi that's what they tend to call it on tv but really, a lot of it stems from very, very practical things. It's, I almost feel like these really ancient practices, they had the right idea, and now we can explain it. 
and there's no need to use the old terminology if we don't feel comfortable with that. You know, you that's don't have to say like... That's quite scientific, actually, that. Saying, well, that's, that's what I mean. It is yeah, very yeah. scientific. You don't have to say that your, you know, your chest or your heart is now the center of your love or something like that. You, can, you don't have to be so abstract anymore. Mm. You can be very, like, very practical. You know, you can talk about how our breath is connected to our nervous system and how our vagus nerve rests down in our chest. So you can literally tap into that nerve and tap into your nervous system by messing around with your physical body. You know, we know that our emotions affect our hormones. That's a very physical thing. So like being able to recognize the science, the medical science, if you will, or the, you know, behind traditional, very ancient practices is just another way of sharing you know, getting to getting to a different group of people. You know, some people love yeah. all the all the all the old words. You know, they're like, "Oh, my chakras are so imbalanced now. I feel fantastic." Apart from the adenoid or noise, other people are like, you know, don't fucking talk to me about chakras. I don't want to hear it because they just think it's a load of bullshit. <laughs> <laughs> so, so I can see both sides of it. Is what I'm saying. I can see both sides of it, and I tend to steer clear from those old phrases and those old terminologies, and I try and bring more medical science into my classes because i feel like that it just resonates with me more than someone saying your chakras are wonky but that's just me personally i don't it's all about language we've talked about language yeah, before yeah. but that's it sort of did remind me a little bit of i remember listening to a because have you read the old you've read the old testament have you uh, um I'm, i probably have read the bible in my life yeah all right, sorry you haven't read the old testament <laughs> <laughs> yeah that's the Bible, yes. <laughs> it's very brutal, the Old Testament, isn't it? It's not so very violent. Yeah. And yeah. Stuff. Now, I listened to a Jewish, like a rabbi scholar type bloke on a podcast okay. a couple of years ago. And mm. he was having a conversation with Giles Fraser's. This, um, a lot of people don't like him because he likes Brexit, but he's like a priest in this country and he used to do a podcast where he talked to people about like religious ideas sometimes mm-hmm. and their own religious ideas, which I quite. Like, because I like listening to intelligent people talk about religion because like, yeah. I sort of think, well, you know, they're probably smarter than me and they still believe that sort of thing. So, yeah, yeah. Think, yeah. not that I'm going to get back involved, but I'm just saying, quite, <laughs> I think it's sort of like, I don't know, it's, I think it's a bit of a lazy dichotomy to say that no one intelligent is a religious person because it's not true. But yeah. Uh, anyway, the guy, he was talking to a guy about the Old Testament and the, the guy was saying that. You have to remember that that was written for the time when mm. it was a more brutal time anyway. So if it was, if the word of God was delivered in the current age, it would be different to the word of God being delivered 5,000 years ago because society is yeah. less, much less violent on the whole yeah. than it used to be. You know, like we're not living in, we're living in quite a docile society compared to like mm. they would have done 5,000 years ago. So that's why. A lot of the, you know, you probably would have to stone someone for stealing a load of stuff because it would be so disruptive to the group if there was someone was going around nicking stuff. I don't know. Just, I'm making this up yeah. off the top of my head. But, you know, so yeah. but the, the, when you do look at it in the modern day and have a modern day interpretation of very, very old texts like that and they seem inflexible, you do feel like they're really archaic and old-fashioned and like, mm. like, but I guess, you know, really they need, things do get reimagined by you know people that truly believe them in thing and i guess the same thing is happening there with your yogic texts as well yeah absolutely and there are lots of like very modern and just like there isn't any like just like there would be in christianity and and like say your mindfulness and your meditation and, and then your yoga 
there are lots of books on it, obviously. Like loads and loads of modern books written by, you know, normal people who have just found it helped them in their lives or whatever. Right, we better go, shouldn't we? Mm-hmm. My homework for you next week is what does comedy mean to you? Oh, no! <laughs> <laughs> What have I started? <laughs> yeah, no, we won't bother with that. <laughs> oh, phew, thank goodness. <laughs> Thanks for listening. I hope you enjoyed that. And we will be back in a few weeks because we're having a little break for Easter. So it'll be May. I'm not sure which week yet, but uh, we'll definitely be back. So don't unsubscribe. Don't give up on us. In fact, uh, do quite the inverse. If you haven't subscribed, subscribe and press all the buttons that make algorithms like us. They're usually like like buttons or share buttons or just tell your friends or something. I mean, whatever you want to do, if you want to do something. I hope you enjoy the show. Anyway, you may do so privately. It can be your secret. It's fine. Just, you know, but you got to ask, haven't you? There's plenty of episodes out there, so if you need to get your fix and you haven't listened to all of them, what a perfect opportunity it is to catch up. Have a good day, and see you soon.